in our Revelation study, study of Book of Revelation, we have learned that the seven last plagues in Revelation chapter 15 through 16 are done, and Revelation chapter 17 talks about Babylon, the, the woman. Then the fall of Babylon in Revelation chapter 18, and Revelation chapter 19 talks about the marriage reception, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and also celebration of the fall of Babylon. And we talked about the marriage supper of the Lamb before, and this is a little bit different part, it's like part two of that sermon, Mary's reception. So I titled my sermon today, Mary's Reception of the Lamb. And this, I ended my sermon last time with the question, who is the bride? Because John is clear on who the bride is. Because if you go to Revelation 21, verses 9 through 10, the bride of the Lamb is the New Jerusalem. Now the question is, who is the New Jerusalem or what is the New Jerusalem? That's the question that we have. And we'll be talking about that today. And in verse 7 and 8 of Revelation chapter 19, we don't have time to read the chapter, but you can go home and I invite you to go home and read the chapter uh, yourself. It says, She made herself ready and with fine linen and bright and pure. So as this bride is preparing herself for this marriage, I'm reminded of the story of Esther. Book of Esther talks about how she um, was going into this harem, and she spends some time in preparation uh, to be the bride or to be that first lady, per se. Do you know how much time she spends in preparation before she can go to meet the, the potential uh, or to be the potential bride of the King Xerxes. How much time does she spend? How much time do you need, ladies, in the morning to get ready for your, for your date, if I were to say? <laughs> to do your makeup, to do your hair, to get dressed? How much time do you need? <laughs> for guys, it would be five minutes. <laughs> or 15 minutes, um, but for ladies, maybe 30 minutes, maybe three hours? <laughs> it depends, right? <laughs> but if you read the book of Esther, Esther 2.12 says this. I'm not talking about just Esther. I'm talking about all the ladies there that are called to present themselves before Xerxes so Xerxes can choose the next queen, each of them spends 12 hours. No. 12 days. No. It says 12 months. Can you imagine that? 12 months just to be ready to present yourself before the king. So here, the Bible says, six months of oil of myrrh bath, and another six months of uh, sweet odor. So, ladies, you would love this. <laughs> it's basically 12 months, one year of spa, massage, skin care, 
pedicure, manicure, your hair, 12 months, all paid for. How would you like that? <laughs> I was asking the question, why that long time, 12 months? Why does it take that much time to prepare one person to present to the king? But I think I mentioned this before. If you've been eating certain kinds of food, then you can actually smell it through your skin. Like lots of Koreans love garlic. Italians love to use garlic in their food. If you eat garlic, to the people who don't eat garlic, it doesn't have to be the breath that, that you can smell that. It comes through your skin. So to, to make sure that the person is completely out of uh, unpleasant order. And remember, the kingdom of Persia was so vast. There are people from all different cultures, different kind of things. They made sure that, okay, you spend 12 months making sure everything is perfectly fine for the king. 12 months. So I'm reminded of that. So this new bride is, has made herself ready, but this is not the kind of myrrh bath or, or massage or skin care or hair care or, or beauty kind of, of treatment for 12 months. This bride is preparing herself with what? With fine linen, bright and pure. What does the fine linen represent in the Bible? You can read it in, in the same chapter. It says the fine linen represents the righteousness, the righteous acts of the saints. That's what the Bible says, righteous acts. So if you look at the Greek words here, kikaiomata um, or kikaiosune, that righteous act. It's not talking about the righteous character. It's, the, it's talking about the righteous deeds, righteous acts. So the difference between righteous character and righteous acts, what, what is the difference? Righteous deeds, righteous acts are the natural and the inevitable results or the fruits of the righteous character. It's not just the character, it's the acts, the results of the acts. So this bride is full of the righteous deeds, righteous acts of the saints. That's how she adorns herself. That's how she decorates herself with that. So this, so this bride, so I'll show you on the slide. Who is this bride? Who are the ten virgins? Who is the, the, the virgins? Who is the bride? We need to know that. So if you look at the first slide, that will show you. There are different, different interpretations. So what, who is the bride of Revelation chapter 19? So one group, including Ellen White, James White, Ryan Smith, Sabbath School quarterly lesson, I forget which year, I think it was 2017 or so, says, because the Bible says the bride is the New Jerusalem. That's clear in Revelation chapter 21. But then who is the bride? Who is this New, New Jerusalem? According to those people that I just mentioned, New Jerusalem is his kingdom that Jesus receives. Or the capital city as a representative. So bride is his kingdom that he receives, according to that. Now, there are something that makes sense. There are problems of that. So 
If you say the New Jerusalem is the capital city or God's kingdom that it receives or his kingdom, that means that the bride and the guest are not the same. That, that makes sense. However, the problem of that is that Jesus said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you, and I'll come back and take you back to where I am. John 14, 1 through 3, right? <clears throat> but when Jesus goes to heaven, New Jerusalem is already there up in heaven, meaning his bride is already there. According to the, the parable that we know, the bride should be not at the place where the groom is, but according to this, this model, the, the bride is already up in heaven. That doesn't make sense. And uh, Christ's Object Lesson, page 406, says this. Ellen White says, They hear the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. Does the city, the capital city, New Jerusalem, have a voice? Those are the problems that I can think of that this model will, will have. Now, the other group, <clears throat> there are some other scholars, including Dr. Um, uh, Stefanovich, Ranko Stefanovich. They say this. Now, the bride of Revelation chapter 19, which is the bride of the Lamb, or the New Jerusalem, New Jerusalem is not the kingdom that he receives, or the, or, or New, or, or, or what, what it is, is that it is actually God's people. God's people is the bride of the New Jerusalem. So if you look at this model, it looks very similar, but there is a subtle difference. If you look at this, actually, what makes sense is this. Next slide will show you. What makes sense is that Jesus paid the wedding dowry for God's people on the cross, and God's people are waiting and when Jesus has prepared a mansion for God's bride or his people, he will come and take us back home to, to the, the house, the mansion. But the problem is that the bride and the guests become the same. This is the problem. Now, so what is the answer? It's all of us to study and dig into. And some other, my instinct will say, what about the 144,000. Where do they fall in? So something for all of us, it's not written in stone. It's not clear, cut and clear. Um, so we need to think about what it is, but I'm going to go by what Ellen White said here, and we will study into that. This is just for us to study. It's not, I'm not saying this is the answer. This is just a suggestion of who the bride is. But this will give us more understanding, and it would give us the stimulation to, to study more, to dig into more. Okay, so if you go to uh, Great Controversy page chapter, or chapter 24, that would give us the clues of what we are going to study today, basically. The chapter title is The Holy of Holies. Now, if you go there, it links the story of um, the bride and the ten virgins, the parable of the ten virgins. That's what it makes. Uh, it's uh, 1844, the, the Millerite movement and the great disappointment is linked to the story of the parable of the ten virgins. And in the story of the ten virgins, there are two groups. Which are the two groups? There are the five wise virgins and there are the five foolish virgins, right? So the wise virgins are the ones, according to Great Controversy, are the group, is the group 
in, represented in 1844 during the Millerite movement. They're the ones who received the message with joy of the Lord's appearing. And they have been diligently preparing to meet Jesus. That's that group, the wise group. But the foolish virgins, they, what they have done is that they uh, joined the group with fear. And they have knowledge of what's happening. They have the, base, the, the head knowledge of the theory of the truth. And, but they were destitute of the grace of God. Those are the foolish virgins or the group. Now, the marriage is this. According to this um, Great Conference, page 462, uh, the quote is up there. It says, the marriage represents the reception by Christ of his kingdom, the holy city, the New Jerusalem, which is the capital and representative of the kingdom, is called the bride, the lamb's wife. Again, Ellen White says this in Great Controversy. So the, the marriage is basically Christ going into the most holy place, receiving his kingdom. That is called the marriage. When the ten virgins were all falling asleep, they fell asleep, and when the loud call came and the bridegroom comes, and they all woke up, and five were ready to go in. The five were not ready to go in because they lacked oil. That wedding, that marriage, is Christ, what? Going into the most holy place. October 22, 1844, that great disappointment. People thought Jesus was coming to this earth. That symbolizes the marriage, according to Ellen White. That's what's happening. Now, what about the virgins? Then who are the virgins? Same page, uh, Great Conference, page 426, paragraph 2, says, Clearly, then the bride represents the holy city, and the virgins that go out to meet the bridegroom are a symbol of the church. In the Revelation, the people of God are said to be the guests at the marriage supper, Revelation 19.9. If guests, they cannot be represented also as the bride. So here Ellen White says, the virgins are God's church, not the bride. Bride is the kingdom that Christ receives, represented as Christ going into the most holy place on October 22nd, 1844. Are you following me? Does that make sense? That's what Ellen White is saying. So let's, let's review. Christ is who? Christ is the groom, the lamb. Now, who is the bride? According to Revelation 21, the bride is the new Jerusalem. According to Ellen White, New Jerusalem is the kingdom that Christ receives or the New Jerusalem, the capital city that he will receive, which happened on October 22, 1844. And who are the virgins? God's church, meaning some are wise, some are foolish. God's people here on earth. Those are the bride. So the loud cry, the bridegroom cometh, that loud cry is the Millerite movement in 1844, somewhere in fall of 1844. That is what Ellen White says. Now, on the other hand, some other scholars are saying everything else is the same, but the bride is not the kingdom that he receives, but it is God's people. That's the other idea. 
It's for you to decide. Go home and study and, and look into your, look, study yourself and find out what it is. Now, receiving the kingdom or the capital city. <clears throat> so, the wedding happens when Christ enters into the most holy place and receives the kingdom from the ancient of the days, from Daniel. That's what uh, Great Controversy says. So, the great disappointment, people understood it as Christ coming back to cleanse the sanctuary in 1840. Uh, October 22 of 1844. They changed the date a couple of times, but that's exactly what happened. They misunderstood this event as Christ's second coming, and that's what they've been waiting. On that essential rock, they gave up everything. They stopped everything what they were doing. They waited for Christ to come from early morning until all the way until midnight. They waited, and nothing happened. That's why they were all disappointed. They were mocked, ridiculed. But that event was misunderstood. But what happened up in heaven is that Christ entered into, finished his ministry in the holy place. He went into the most holy place. We call it the investigative judgment. That's when that started. That is the marriage of the ten virgin story. Marriage, the bridegroom going in and the five wise virgin following him inside the wedding hall. That's what it means of the wedding. Wedding supper is different. We'll, t we'll talk about the wedding supper later on, but this wedding is that event, Christ going in there. So Mary's supper of the Lamb is this. The next quote in Great Controversy, page 4 to 6, says this. Having received the kingdom, he will come in his glory as king of kings and lord of lords for the redemption of his people who are to sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob at his table in his kingdom, Matthew 8, 11, Luke twenty two thirty, to partake of the marriage supper of the Lamb. So when this marriage takes place, when this marriage is, is done, meaning when the door shuts, the, the probation closes, which probation hasn't closed yet, when the probation closes and when Jesus comes back to take all God's people back to kingdom of heaven, up in heaven, that's when the marriage supper or marriage reception, I would say, takes place. When Jesus comes as king of kings and lord of lords, that's when the marriage supper takes place. Marriage started when? 1844. And it's still happening now. <clears throat> but, you know, people thought at that time, Millerite movement, the early Adventists, the pioneers of Adventists, or before the pioneers, they became pioneers, people who got disappointed, they thought Jesus was going to come right away. Even, and that's what they were thinking. So Jesus was going to come. That means when the event took place when they calculated the date and they came to the date, eight, October 22, 1844, that was the end of probation and the door was shut. The groom came, the sleeping, the, the ten virgins, wise and foolish both, woke up and they realized some had enough oil. They went in and the door got shut. That's when they thought it was going to happen and Christ was going to come right away that day to take them all back home. 
to heaven. That's what they thought. October 22, 1844 was the close of provision. That's what they thought. But in reality, that is the beginning part of the provision, meaning the provision is already open for all of us, but that marks the beginning portion of the investigative judgment, not the end, because the end of the investigative judgment marks the close of probation. But that date is the opening date of the investigative judgment. Are you following me? That's what's going on here. So <clears throat> all they were ready went in with him, and the marriage door or the marriage hall, the door of the marriage was shut. That's what we know from the story of the parable of ten virgins, right? So, if you think about it, that marriage took place where? According to the great counterist Ellen White, the marriage took place up in heaven, where Christ had finished his first ministry in the first compartment and moved into the second compartment, most holy place. That's when that took place. That means, can anybody here on earth participate in that event up in heaven? No. Nobody is supposed to follow Christ physically into the second compartment. We are not able to because that happened up in heaven and we are all here on earth. But, but, this is what is supposed to happen. People who were disappointed, a lot of people left faith during the great disappointment. But there were a group of people who still believed and had patience and had studied the Bible. And they found the light. They found their mistake. They found the light from what message? Which message gave them the hope and understanding of their mistake? The sanctuary message. Remember Hiramison? He was walking in the cornfield. He saw the vision of Christ going into the most holy place. And he realized, you know what? This is what it is. We missed this all this time. And they found their light in the sanctuary message, meaning Christ going into the most holy place. So people who studied the Bible, who studied diligently, despite the disappointment, are represented as the wise virgins. And they followed, they, Ellen White says, quote, they followed Christ into the most holy place, spiritually. My friends, that is what we need to do. Because here, this is what it says. When they enter into the most holy place, they enter into the wedding party. They are the ones who went into the wedding before the door shut. So the wise virgins following the groom inside the wedding, they are the ones who follow Christ into where? The most holy place. What is Christ doing in the most place right now? He's doing his work of the investigative judgment or cleansing God's people or, 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 or forgiving the sin or deleting. That's what Christ is doing. That's the work that we have to do inside of the most holy place. That is what the wise virgins have done. So what are we doing? Are we the foolish virgins? They have been shaken by the message, what's coming. They have understood the Bible. They have known the theory of the truth. But when everyone fell asleep, it's not just wise and the foolish. They both fell asleep. When the message came, 
the three angels' message came, the loud cry came, the bridegroom comes, wake up, and the investigative judgment has started from 1844. The group that has studied the Bible diligently, despite all the, the, all the um, disappointment, they entered into the most holy place spiritually in their mind with Christ. And they are now following the work of the Christ, work of Christ, and they are in the process of purifying their sins. They are the ones who entered into the marriage. The foolish virgins, they've come thus far, but now they left faith. So we are at this point right now. The door of marriage had opened, and the groom has already gone inside the marriage hall. And the wise virgins and the foolish virgins, are, they are making their choice. Am I going to go inside the marriage hall and follow him inside? Or am I going to go out looking for that oil? Am I going to be outside of the marriage? That is right now. Right now, until the door closes. That's what's happening. So here, um, the next quote, page, uh, Great Connors, page 4 to 7, paragraph 2, says this. And all who, through the testimony of the Scriptures, accept the same truths, following Christ by faith as he enters in before God to perform the last work of the mediation and all its close to receive his kingdom. All these are represented as going into the marriage. So people who go into following Christ with the investigative judgment or um, right now, God or Christ doing the work of searching the heart, forgiving the sins of people, and, and blotting out the sins from God's people. People who are following that, doing that work of God, doing that work that Christ is doing in the most holy place, are the people who are entering into the marriage, represented as the wise virgins. So what are, are we doing that work right now? We, it's, we should have been doing that already. But if we have not done it, that is the time. This is the time to do that right now. Because sooner or later, before we know it, the door is going to close. I think the door is closing already. So if we don't go in before the door closes, what is the end result? We will be found outside of the closed door, outside of the probation, and we'll be, we'll, we will say, Master, open the door for us. And it says, I do not know you. I do not know you. That's what will happen. So it is time for us to go in now. Uh, next paragraph, page 4 to 6, paragraph O. Oh. Now, the investigative judgment, according to Matthew 22. Remember the story of the king uh, invited all the people to come. And when he comes in, there is one person who was, who was found, different than everybody else. Who was that? What was it, why was he different? How was he different? He was not wearing the wedding garment. Okay? And he was kicked out of the wedding. So the king searches everyone and then sees, finds someone who does not have the wedding attire. Right? So that searching happens before the wedding takes place, before the wedding supper takes place. So that, my friend, is the investigative judgment. 
And because Revelation 7, 17 says, And he said to me, These are they that came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And this is the last quote that I would like to share. Greek on page 4 to 8, paragraph 1, says this. This work of examine, examination of character, of determining who are prepared for the kingdom of God, is that of the investigative judgment, <clears throat> the closing, of the, closing work of the sanctuary above. That is happening right now. Are we ready for this? <clears throat> now, when the end of the investigative judgment happens, then the door will shut. The door will close. The door of mercy will be shut. When the work of the investigative judgment shall be ended, when the cases of all the professed to follow God and Christ have been examined and decided, and not until then, probation will close and the door of mercy will be shut. And that can happen anytime. My friends, what are we doing? After the close of probation, people still thought, so those people, like the early pioneers, they still thought Christ will come right away. Like, they passed October 22, uh, 1844. But a few days after, sometime after, they thought, still thought Christ is going to come soon after, right away. That means probation ended, and there is no more reason of evangelism, Right? What's the point of evangelizing? The door of provision had already closed. There's nobody else who will repent. They didn't have to repent. There was no more need for evangelism. That's what they thought. But the reality is that that is the beginning of the time that we need to repent. We need to evangelize. We need to go out and tell other people about this event, what's happening up in heaven right now. The ministry of Christ. The very last ministry of Christ up in the heavenly sanctuary. So, <clears throat> as Jesus finished the one part of the ministry up in sanctuary, he's opening up the second ministry. So, the, open, the door of sanctuary is still open. The open door concept of heavenly sanctuary is still there. So, we can either join the marriage now and marriage supper that will take place when Jesus comes and takes, takes us back to heaven. So we can either join the marriage reception of the Lamb if we join the marriage event now, in the investigative judgment now. Or we can join, what? Another event. Great Supper of God. Revelation chapter 19, verse 17. That Great Supper of God is what? Let me read it. Revelation 19, verse 17. And I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in the midair, Come, gather together for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings and generals and the mighty men of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, small and great. So people, waiting is about eating, right? I mean, waiting is about the two people, yes, bride and groom, definitely, yes. But wedding also is about eating. What do you think the people did for seven days? Because they don't make vows for seven days. The wedding ceremony itself is short, maybe an hour. But all seven days, it lasted for all seven days because people fellowship. People ate for seven days. So wedding is about eating, especially in the Eastern culture, in the Bible culture. 
So if we are going to join in the marriage reception and eating part of the marriage of the Lamb, we will join that marriage reception of Lamb for that thousand years. That, that, that will last for a thousand years. Or if we don't join that part, the other part that we will have to join is that we will be the food. And the birds of the air, symbolic, but birds of the air will come and eat the flesh of the people who are not saved. People, the, the, the foolish virgins that are left outside of the closed door, they will be left being consumed by the devil or by the fire that will come. So which reception do you want to participate? Which supper do you want to participate? Marriage supper of the Lamb or the great supper of God? Will you be joining in eating and participating in the marriage supper of the Lamb? Or will you be the food and be eaten, consumed by the fire? I pray that we would participate in the marriage supper of the Lamb. That means we need to participate in the marriage right now. We need to go into, enter into the most holy place, following Christ and his ministry. How many of you want to follow Christ into the most holy place and be participating in the work of cleansing the sin of this world to blotting out the sins of the sinners right now? That is the work that Christ is doing now. That is the work that we need to be doing right now. That is being part of the wise virgins. If we don't do that, we will only become the foolish virgins. We'll be left found outside of the closed door of the probation. And we'll be found as food on the table of the great supper of God of Revelation chapter 19, 17. I pray that we would follow Christ. We'll follow the groom and we'll join the marriage now. And we'll join the marriage supper when Jesus comes to take to take us back home. May we join that great supper of the Lamb. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, Lord, you have made it clear to us that you are working up in heaven in the most holy place in that marriage supper, in the marriage, and you are preparing to take us back home so that we can join in the marriage supper of the Lamb. Lord, it is our choice that we would join the marriage now following the groom inside the most holy place and doing the work that Christ is doing of blotting out the sins of, of this world or cleansing our, 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 our character so that we will have the fine linen clothes represented as the, as the righteous acts and deeds of the saints. Or we can choose to be part of the foolish virgins, someone who have understood the theory of the knowledge of, of, the, of the event, theory of, of the Bible, and following the event with fear, but have found with no grace of God. Lord, we don't want to be part of that group. We don't want to be found outside of the closed door. We don't want to be found outside of the closed door of the provision. We don't want to be eaten, consumed by the fire. So, Lord, we pray that you please work in our heart today so that we can do the work that Christ is doing up in the most holy place right now during the investigative judgment. Before the door closes, before you are asking us to give up our sin, give you our heart, please help us to give you our undivided heart to you 
and help us to work on cleansing our sins from our character so that Christ can remove the sins from our character. Lord, we can't do this on our own. So Lord, we give this to you. Please help us to do this so that we all can be found as wise virgins but you can come and take all of us to heaven until that time. Help us to work. Help us to follow you inside that most holy place. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise team, please come on up.